This is an interview with Charlie Bella. Charlie is one of my mentors. He's a really, really cool guy. He knows a lot about business. And I've been using him primarily to make so that make so that I run JCF better, so that I hire the right people, so that I keep my team on track, and, and just making it so that I run JCF the best way possible. And one of Charlie's strengths is actually interviewing people. See, my issue when it comes to talking, giving inf- giving information out is that I know so much shit that I often forget what I know and it's really difficult for me to convey some of my knowledge. And so I got Charlie on to actually interview me and to pick out little bits and pieces from my brain. And hopefully in this interview, you'll find a few nuggets around performing better, around increasing your capacity and making it so that you just perform at a much, much higher level, both in work, in business and in life in general. I hope you enjoy it. Mate, I'm, I'm a little bit excited to be sitting on the other end of the interview for this one. Thanks for coming on, dude. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. I'm actually really looking forward to this. I caught a podcast of yours with the sales sniper guys, Matt and James, and I was listening to the show and I was actually supposed to be curating or auditing it for review. And I found myself just lost in the conversation. I thought you covered so many topics, which we're going to go deeper into today. So where are we starting? Yeah. So I think this is a really interesting idea here. I'm a business owner, as you know. You're a business owner and I often feel like what goes on inside the business owner mind is a little bit different to what I'll call the average person who works a nine to five. Like we take on stress and we take on situations and really go after challenge in a very unique way. And I was very curious on your views on this. Like I've had many times in my business career where I've been in a rut or had tough situations that I've had to deal with. And I don't feel like I was adequately equipped or even aware of some of the things that could have been used. So I'd love to kind of lean in on you today and really go after these topics from the business owner perspective. So we can see if we can dive into this one. Hell yeah, sounds fun. All right. Now, before we go there though, I've actually got an interesting question for you, James. I've never met someone who's so interested in like elite performance, peak performance, performing well in tough situations, and then really a sustainable peak performance. Uh, You're not interested in being a hero for one day. It's like you want someone who can go the journey. When did you get into this and how did you find you were drawn to this type of thinking and ideas? Yeah, it was, it was when I started bodybuilding. That was when I wanted sustained peak performance. So like, because I, I had a funny story, everyone probably knows it by now, but I was very, very young to become like the best bodybuilder in my division in Australia. And then I was competing all around the world and I was doing quite well at that at a very, very elite level. And I was, I was performing really, really fucking high. And then I burnt the candle at two ends for too long, burnt out and went from being like top 10 in the world to like nothing in the world very, very quickly and had a massive you know, fall from grace. And I remember looking along that pathway, along my research, you know, obviously through studies and through being a coach myself and and just through trying to continually improve myself so I could win at bodybuilding. And I noticed that everybody around me was trying to do the bare minimum to get the same result. So back in, you know, for all the bodybuilders who remember, like there was, there was back in the day, this big like battle between people who ate clean versus people who did if it fits your macros. And there was two parties in this that used to always have internet wars, right? Because everyone in bodybuilding is very serious about the way that they do things and wants their way to be right. And that's cool. And one of the things that, that I saw out of it, there's really, there was this battle of two different mindsets. You had on the one hand, the people who were trying to do anything to get the best possible result, 
like just striving for that. And then the other hand, you have the people who are trying to get the easiest possible result, not the best, the easiest. And for the life of me, like I could not understand that mindset of trying to get the easiest possible result. I wanted to get the best, like the hardest. I was willing to, there's, a, there's a, a phrase called like the minimum effective dose. And that's what a lot of people were trying to do. The minimum amount of something that you need to do in order to get a result. And I was like, fuck that. Like that sounds shit. I want to get the biggest result, And I don't care how much I have to kill myself to get it. I want the biggest result, which is how I lived my life for a long period of time, which inevitably led me to being one of the best in the world at what I do. And, and that filters through into business now with how we work and my work ethic and all that sort of stuff. But on the other hand too, it burnt me out. Right. And so I had to find a, uh, that was where I started enjoying peak performance and really loving it. Cause fuck dude, like there's, there's nothing cooler than being able to hit a PB every single week. Like in bodybuilding, as you're getting lean, like the picture this, you're training six hours a day or I was training six hours a day. I was sleeping four to six hours a night. I was you know, eating 2000 calories. So I felt like shit, but I was still hitting PBs coming into comp and nobody else could do that, which was pretty awesome for me, right? I was very, very much ego-driven and very much pride, pride was very much priding myself on my ability to do that and to do things that nobody else could do. But then with that, I obviously the burning out taught me a massive lesson in that if you can look good for a short amount of time or you can perform at your peak for a short amount of time, that means shit all. Because I was burnt out. I had my first burnout at 22, I think I was. That's young. It's very most young. people don't burn out to their 40 you know, or 30 or 40. I was 22 and I'd already burnt out. And that taught me that it's all well and good to throw your body to hell and, and blast the smithereens in order of achieving some sort of certain goal. But if you don't look after it and you don't sustain it, you will never get to where you want to be. You will never truly reach that. And that's where I decided to combine my mentality of having not only just the best progress and the fastest progress and optimizing performance, but optimizing it over a long period of time. At the start, I really missed the time thing. The fact that I'm, I was only 20, you know, I was only 20 and I was acting like I was only going to be alive for another year. It's like, no, man, you've got another 60 years. You've got to drag this performance out at this peak level for that sustained amount of time. Does that make sense? In a huge way. I'm, I'm really curious to dig deeper into that. How much of the skills you developed in being a professional athlete have relayed over into the business world because you are a business owner as well. And I look at this and go, how much do you draw on from that time in your life today and implement through what you do? Huge. The reason being is because of work ethic. One thing that you need to do, and in my opinion, you need to do at the start of a business when you're going from zero to seven figures, so zero to a million bucks, is have a work ethic. Like that's what it is because you just got to hustle and grind and get it going to start with. And in my opinion, that's the thing that happens. Ironically, you then need to switch and you need to, that work ethic no longer really becomes terribly useful. It's not a competitive advantage past seven figures because everyone's done that. That was the first thing. The next thing and possibly the biggest is reward delay. Like, you know how um, in some people, they will not do anything. They won't work. They won't get off their ass unless there's something in it for them then. You have to have a carrot in front of them like every step of the way or they won't move. They'll just sit on the fucking couch like all day, every single day. The thing I learned from bodybuilding is that like I would train and not just train, but I would suffer day in, day out. I'm hungry. I feel like shit. 
I was like, I didn't have a sex drive. There's a period I didn't have sex for six months. And anybody who knows me and knows my personality, right? That's a long time for me because normally going longer than a day without sex is quite a, quite a challenge. But there was a time in there where it was like I was feeling so crap and so run down. I didn't have sex for about six months. And when you go through and you, you, you push through all that suffering and then you learn that at the end, there's an amazing reward you can start to invest in yourself totally, which is what a business is, right? A business is continual investment over time with the hope of payoff of a massive dividend at the end. And it taught me that I have to continually invest. And it's why I could cope with putting myself on a shitty salary when I first started out. And I could reinvest into the business over and over and over because I knew that there was going to be a much bigger payoff at the end. And in my opinion, that is one of the things that differentiates between success and not success is being able to stop drawing money out of the business to put in the shitty times to work hard, to challenge yourself, to grow and grow your employees and focus on all all other areas and then take the rewards out later. Once you're a millionaire, then you can go party. Once you're a millionaire, then you can buy a Lamborghini. Once you're a millionaire, then you can go out and have all the sexy stuff instead of making $100,000 and then spending a hundred grand on a piece of shit car, which is then going to go and depreciate. I tell you what, I love the promise of what being a business owner is, right? It's like time, money, and freedom, the ultimate prize. Okay, hey, It's the ultimate, yeah. except you know the failure rate is 90%. And I've never heard anyone say, look, it's easy. So you know it's going to be hard. You know that most people fail, like 90% fail, but the reward is so high that so many of us take on the challenge. They really do. So it's a really fascinating, I suppose, promise, right? It's, it's a very, very alluring offer. Yeah. But the interesting about that, sorry, just to interject, the interesting about that is yes, 90% fail, but I think if we have the right perspective on it, you always succeed out of it. And it's a really, really weird thing because out of, if we look at what we're actually chasing, if you're chasing, if you're here to chase money, if you're here to chase time, you're here to chase freedom and all that, very rarely do you get it. But if you're here to chase learning and you're here to chase continual development, you will get that and you sure as shit will get time, money and freedom out of that as a byproduct. It's a really funny mindset shift that I made, which was like super beneficial. Yeah. I love the spin you've put on that. Now you've got a couple of areas of specialty that I want to dive a little bit deeper into in this episode because I think that I've heard you speak on this a few times and I think there's some unique things you mention and do that others just don't really recognize. So what I want to talk into here is that when a business owner is going through a bit of a rut, so let's pretend they've had a three-month window where things just haven't gone their way in life. They're putting in the massive hours, they're in that burnout zone. How do you think about helping someone through that time? How do you think about getting out of that rut? First thing that you need to look at that is the nervous system and the hierarchy of health. That is the the most important thing. The hierarchy of health is the way that we describe how the body works. And just to quickly go over it, we'll put, we should put a link at the bottom of this so people can go go watch that video because it's like a full 15-minute video we made for you guys free of charge that you can look at. But it pretty much goes through and it looks at all the different systems of the body. And the thing at the root of the body and the thing at the, the root of how we function and how we perform is the nervous system. When you're going through and you're experiencing burnout, stuff you'll see will be you'll get fatter or you'll get skinnier. So you'll either get really fat or you'll just lose all your weight. 
The next thing after that you'll see will happen is your immune system goes to shit. So you start getting sick. You start feeling average and, and pretty rough. The next thing after that is your hormones go to shit. So your sex drive goes down, you know, testosterone levels go down, estrogen levels go down. Like women can start getting funny stuff with their periods. Men just nothing works. And then after that is your digestion gets worse. So you stop being able to go to the bathroom as frequently or you go too frequently. Things just start getting messed up. And then the anxiety, then the depression, then the stress and all that sort of stuff kicks in. So it's like this, this big big system that you look at. And the thing that we need to do is we need to go and look at the root of it, the base of all, which is the nervous system. That is where you need to start. A lot of people will go through and say, oh, my energy's down. So I'm just going to change what I'm eating. You know, I'm going to try and change my diet. That's not going to do shit. That's not the problem. The reason why your energy is down is because you're exhausted, because you're not sleeping, because your biomarkers are all in the toilet. And that's then having a flow on effect through all the other symptoms, through, through all the other systems in the body. We need to start with the root and we need to start with the real issue because anything else is just a band aid. Like we love to use things like modafinil or, um, Dexamphetamines, what's that one? The Ritalin drugs, like those sorts of things. We love to use these little supplements and pick me ups along the way, but they're bullshit. They don't do anything because they're not actually fixing the real problem. You need to start at the root, which is the nervous system. Only then will you actually fix it. Do you know what's interesting on that? Is I, I myself, like I ran this is quite a while ago now, I had a, a big marketing agency and I'd hit a point where I'd been burning the candle too long for, well, actually way too long. And it's interesting that the mindset I developed was like, oh, if I just fix the business, then I can fix my health. And it ends up this really dangerous cycle where it's like, well, you're not going to fix your business because you're not bringing the best version of yourself. Right? The reason why the business isn't performing well is because you're rocking up all day and can't get out of first gear or it's taking you 12 hours to do something that should only take four. And like if you become unproductive, unresourceful and that just feeds into making this cycle worse. It's funny, isn't it? Because if you suck, your business sucks. Because in the end of the day, like us as business owners, even guys in senior management, executive roles, all that sort of stuff, like, fuck any role within a business, any human. Like if you suck, your work's going to suck. <laughs> it's, just, it's, pretty, it's pretty easy. And if we go through and we continually, like this is, this is what, what really grinds me in this. Um, in the modern day and age, we have this hustle mindset, right? This, this thing where you've got to hustle, you've got to grind, it's got to be painful, it's got to be difficult. Yes, there's definitely a certain element where you need to be able to endure that, for sure. Like you need to be tough in order to be successful. But having that mindset, people start to pride themselves on not sleeping. It's like, I haven't eaten all day. I'm great. I haven't trained in six months. I'm just putting it all in on this business and I'm going to be super successful because of it. And you look at their productivity, it's crap. You look at the content they put out, it's crap. You look at the way they lead, it's crap. And it's like, if you look at yourself as a business owner, you're a leader. That's what you need to do. Even a human, all humans should be leaders. Every single person who wants to become better at something, the true way that you need to go is you need to become a leader. And the way that you are a leader, what truly defines a leader is a leader is someone who creates more leaders. A leader is someone who teaches, passes that knowledge down, and then gives other people instructions on how to do that themselves and how to replace you so you can step up the social hierarchy. But what happens is, is when you have someone who's burnt out and who's putting the business first and isn't looking after themselves is they become the shittest version of themselves and then their team become the shittest versions of themselves as well. And then it just keeps flowing on down and then the customers get a worse experience and then the customers become worse. You know what's interesting, dude, is like we are like within JCF, we're relentless with our accountability about each other's health. We track everyone's biomarkers. We track our performance. We have like every single like metric of everyone is that like everyone can see my aura ring if they want. Everyone can see my habit share and what habits I've been doing, where I've been good, where I haven't been. And there's total transparency. And what's interesting is that because of that, 
we all look after ourselves really well. We all sleep amazingly. No one has is stressed. We don't have anxiety. We don't have any of those issues because you can't because someone will pick point it out and then help you fix it. As a result of that, we now have the best clients that we've ever had. Like we have fucking awesome clients and they're so fun to work with. But before, when I wasn't looking after myself well, my team weren't, weren't looking after themselves as well, clients weren't either. And that's when we had greater dissatisfaction, which was really, really interesting because it filtered all the way down. Yeah, I, I can see this happening in a big way, right? If it, like, For example, you're pushing too hard, there's a meeting, the creativity isn't there, the leadership of people, and it just, like as you're saying, flow through to the rest of the organization. So if someone's experiencing those symptoms and I recognize a few of myself, it's funny, I'm the guy who gets really skinny. That's that's me when business is hectic. It's like for some reason, like I could literally eat unlimited calories and I wouldn't gain anyway. It's a very interesting thing I've observed in myself. It's what I actually use to kind of measure my own health and well-being. Mm. So we're going to start focusing on our health. How does someone do that? Is this a matter of like time away from their business potentially? Is it focusing on sleep routines? Like how do you start to construct someone's way out of a rut if they've gotten themselves into that place? So first step, get a coach if you haven't already got one. That's the first thing. Get someone who's objective, not subjective, right? That's the first thing you need. Then after that, you then need to go through and set your KPIs, set your goals, set what you actually want to do and have clear direction. This is what we call the summit, right? And we'll pop that link down below as well. It's about mapping out exactly how you want to be, what you want your identity to be, how you want to live your life and getting crystal clear on that. If you're not totally crystal clear, and a lot of people will say, oh yeah, I know where I'm going. I know my direction but most of the time it's bullshit, right? You've got to know exactly what you want to do, exactly what your perfect day looks like, exactly how you want to be. Because if you don't have that vision clear, you will not be able to act in congruence with that and not able to act that way. So that's the next thing we need to do, right? So set out exactly where we want to be. Then from there, set out daily actions and daily tasks that you need to do to achieve that goal, to get and become that person. That's exactly what you need to do. You need to map out every single step of the way. And then from there, we can start worrying about like, that's the the big picture stuff. Now, if we start narrowing it down and going into the meso and micro, that's when we go bang, look at your nervous system. So within the nervous system, the key areas of this, number one, fixing anxiety, depression, bipolar, all that sort of stuff. We business owners tend to be a little bit crazy and we often have those issues, right? And so we need to start looking at that, but looking at us as as humans and see how we're actually living our lives. Then we need to go through and look at how we, what are we like as as husbands, as dads, or as mothers, as, as wives, as partners? How are we behaving in our home life? Because there's one thing I can guarantee, if your home life sucks, your business is going to suck too. Right, your your productivity, how you're able to work a business is going to be crap compared to if your home life was absolutely freaking amazing. And also, too, what are we doing this for? Like in business, like seriously, what are we actually in business for? Are we in business to ru- ruin every single relationship outside of business that we have, or are we using business to improve the lives of others and also improve the lives of ourselves, right? And those who are close to us and really important. So, looking at that. Next thing after that, sleep. Yes, big one. You need to sleep more. Right? You need to make sure everyone wants to be smarter. Everyone wants to be to lose more fat, to gain more muscle, to look better, to look younger. We're searching for the fountain of youth like all the time. If I could say, look, I'll give you this one thing, which will guarantee that you'll look younger, you'll lose more fat, you'll gain more muscle, you'll be smarter, you'll think way sharper. Everyone will just like you more. You'll smile better. Shit, even your eyes will look better. All right? This one thing that I'll give you, 
right? And it'll guarantee it. People would pay me millions of dollars. And I'd turn around and say, thanks for that million bucks. Go sleep, sleep some fucking more, right? If you go through and you improve your sleep, everything in your life will get better. It's not just about sleeping more, but it's also about sleeping better too. If we go super generic with it, there are three main phases of sleep. Uh, We have light sleep, deep sleep, and REM sleep. We need to get a good balance between all three phases of that. You have certain quotas that you need to hit on each of those and you need to hit them, right? Then after sleep, the next thing, I know this is going on for ages, but like then after sleep, the next thing that we need to go through and look at is we need to look at how we're responding to situations. Are we in the present? Are we living totally in the moment or is our head fluttering off and going in all different directions? If you can't focus, if you can't be in the now, if you can't be in the present, you will not be productive and you will burn out. And one of the funny things I I talk with people about, the time when we burn out is not when we're doing shit that we love. Like, you know, we're in the flow zone. You know, like like you, like when you're you're mentoring, when you're mentoring with me, you're like totally in in the moment and you're there and you're present. It's not stressful. If anything, it's energizing. You feel really good. But if you're going to go and do something that you really hated, like, I don't know, accounting, right? <laughs> go through and you have to go and tally books or you have to go do something that you, you hate, you just really don't like. It's super stressful, super draining, and your head starts going in all these different areas. We need to train our brain to be focused on the task at hand and be present because if we can't do that, we'll continue to burn out over and over and over again. Yeah, it's so interesting that point. It's uh, someone once gave me the example of a uh, bike riding. Like I'm a very keen cyclist. Now, for me to go out and like you know ride a hundred k's, it's like I'm excited. Like I want to do it. It's not draining, but it's like if you tell most people like you're going to go ride a hundred k's on a bike, they're like this sounds horrible. Or skiing is another really good example. I actually hate the cold. I don't like the snow. Like, the idea of going to the snow for a weekend, I'm I'm like oh, drained and exhausted on the idea of like. It's not engaging or enjoyable. But some people, they love skiing. Like they spend their whole life trying to work out how to ski more or spend more time on the mountain. I'm really curious about this to go deeper here again. You've got a very unique perspective where you've gotten to work with a lot of business owners. And I found this in myself and I'm wondering if it exists past that. Do you ever find that business owners have an unrealistic expectation of what's possible for themselves? So I'll give you the example they may want to work 100 hours and be the perfect dad and be absolutely shredded and take on cycling careers and be a bodybuilder and be a lawyer and study something else. And you get where I'm going with this. Like the mass of things on them is impossible. Like there's actually more things on their plate that can fit. And even though they might be wanting to work on their mindset or do these things, it's just not a realistic way to do it. Totally. Unrealistic. I would say as a part of it, but even a more true description of that would be incorrect. And the reason why I say incorrect is because if we look at this, we got to go and focus on like our highest values. What are the things that we're really, that we really, really care about and are really, really important to us? I think most of the time where we fuck this up and we set these goals and we set these expectations because we haven't figured out a summit. We don't know what we actually want in life. Like the story I, I, talk to all of my guys about is, okay, let's picture you in the future. You're 70, 80, 90, 100 years old. You got tubes down your throat, up your butt, down your cock, like everywhere. There's tubes coming out everywhere. There's machines that bleep every couple of seconds and you're about to take your last breath. You stink, right? You're wrinkly. You know that old person smell, right? You're wrinkly, you're saggy. Like you're, you got the visual now, right? You're about to go. Yeah, I just had to you're- laugh at that old person. So I distinctly have a, a memory on one of my grandparents, that smell, right? That when in those moments, it's intense. I laugh, yes. but it's like you nailed the uh, experience. 
Totally, right? You, old person smell. We'll just leave you with that. That's what you smell like now, Charlie, right? So you've gone and you're at that stage about to take your last breath. What do you want to look back on when you see your life? What are the things that are really important to you? Was it going out and, you know, cycling 100Ks a day, going out and working 100 hours a week and doing all this sort of stuff? Like what was life really all about for you in the end of the day? And when you get crystal clear on that, you know that suddenly all the bullshit will drop away because you don't fucking care because you're putting all this energy into crap, which really doesn't matter at all. And then you can focus on the things which really do matter for you. And when, like, cause I, I was a habitual burner outer, right? I used to burn out quite a lot because I was that guy. I was working a hundred hours a week. I was bodybuilding professionally. I was doing all this stuff, right? Loads and loads of things without any reason or without any direction, without any purpose. And so what I went back on and I looked and, and revised and when I put myself through my own, viewing myself right before my death, what I want to look at, I want to know that every single person who I've impacted, I've made their lives better and I've helped them actually live a life where when they're in my position, when I'm about to die, they can look back on it and be really, really fucking happy. I want to have a transformative experience upon men in particular and actually help blokes be real men again, be real leaders, be their truest, highest selves and actually perform the way they want. I want to be a fucking awesome dad. I want to be there with my kids. I want to be able to do heaps of dumb, goofy stuff. I'm just like my dad. My dad used to like tackle us and wrestle us. Like I can't wait to wrestle my kids. Like, on a regular basis until I, I get bigger than I literally than do me. that every day. Like every It's the day. best. <laughs> it's the best, isn't it? I it's can't fantastic. wait to do that. It's going to be so fun. And I want to be there with, with, with Soph, my, fiance, my now fiance and soon to be my wife, Soph. I want to be there with her. I want to have those moments. I want to be able to call up my dad every day, my mum, and talk to them. I want to be in touch with my brother and my sister. I want to be able to spend time with the people who are really, really important to me. Because in the end of the day... I'm not going to look back on and say, I'm so glad I missed all those birthdays because I was bodybuilding. Fuck that. It's like, I'm not going to look back on that. I'm not going to look back on that and say, I'm so glad that I made that extra $10 million by working an extra 50 hours a week. I'm not going to do that. And so the things that are most important to me are what I focus on. And when you focus down on stuff that really matters to you, all the bullshit disappears and you suddenly become really clear and you won't burn out again. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's a really interesting methodology you have there about, you know, clearing what's really important. I'm curious on this one as well. Have you noticed in the business owners you've worked with a keeping up with the Joneses mentality? Has there been anything where you've seen people driven from places that maybe aren't congruent? So, you know, maybe their neighbor's got a new car or they see the other in, in our world. It's like if one of the business owners gets a Merc or a new AMG, buys a Tesla, that suddenly there's these external forces that create drive that aren't unnecessarily integral. You know, it's really interesting about that, dude. In the guys who are most successful, the keeping up with the Joneses is my dick's bigger than yours. I got a bigger business than you. That's that's that sort of mentality. Because like when we look at business owners, right, there are different levels of mentality. I've got the guys who I coach who are going to be billionaires. Right, and that that's all the level, and they're already you know approaching those those sorts of, of of numbers, and they're well on that trajectory to get there. Their level of keeping up the with the Joneses is like I'm going to be you know Sackle and Booner. I'm, I'm we're going to buy Grant Cardone's plane. Right, we're going to make him sell it to us. You know, I'm going to buy Grant Cardone's private jet, and there's that sort of thing. But it's not to buy the jet because I don't give a shit about that. They care about the success and being number one. 
right? That's what the, the those types of guys are doing. The ones who are going to be really big, right? That's that's their level. We've then got the guys who are slightly down from that, who are going to be into. They'll be very very successful, but not quite to the same level of success. And with those sorts of guys. The keeping up with the Joneses sometimes comes in, sometimes, but not so much. What's quite interesting is that the guys who are on the, I'm, I'm going to say lower end, I'm going to talk about like a million bucks plus, right? But the guys who aren't like going to be billionaires or hundred millionaires or whatever, those types of guys have more issues. Um, I know a number of dudes who made a lot of money in stock markets, in crypto and stuff like that. And they go out and they, you know, are eating fucking lobster and oyster and they post it up on Instagram. They go and rent a fancy house with a nice view and that's on Instagram too. And they've got the Mercs and all that sort of stuff. It's quite interesting. And and, and I find that, that those guys end up having the most issues. They're guys who are capable of being a 10 millionaire, 100 millionaire, billionaire. Like they're more than smart enough. They're more than talented enough. But because they start to go the whole keeping up with the Joneses game, I find that it limits them from ever getting there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's it's interesting to hear you say that though, because it's like often the joke is that the people who've got a great vision, it's like they're almost not paying attention to anyone, right? It's it's purely yeah. driven internally what they're going for. But for some people when they, I've noticed this particularly on social media, is when people go to the effort to really make sure that you know they're doing well, the chances of them actually doing well is unlikely. Uh, yes. I found that there's this really uh, counterintuitiveness. So the people that are showing their lives the most and like, you know, how great I am are really looking for that external validation where the ones that are actually killing it, you never see that. And I've always found it odd. Totally. I remember the first time I met a bloke who was a billionaire, right? And I remember meeting him at the at the fish market, right? Because so, that's um, exactly was, where you meet billionaires, right? Exactly <laughs> where, right? And he was probably buying the one on sale, right? But he was wearing, you know, those fucking disgusting pants that are cords, like the, I think they're called corduroys or something like that. You know the ones I'm talking <laughs> totally, about? Totally, yeah. Yeah, like he's wearing these gray, gray cord pants with these shitty old, he, he clearly shopped at Rivers, right? I don't know if Rivers is still around. Do you have Rivers down in-, in Absolutely, Victoria? I know the exact, yeah. like, it's, you're describing their uh, models in the front stand right now, the cord. Yeah. And then it's almost like the uh, the sandals. The that's what he's done. Yes, yeah. the sandal things. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's like you go in and you think, all right, you go to the front desk. You have to check out chick. You're like, how can I look as shit as possible? Like, hook me up, all right? And she's gone and given him that that set of clothes. And this is what he was wearing. And everything was old. His hair was unkept and all that. Like he looked like he had twenty bucks to his name. And I remember talking to him, and I was like, I was like, Dad, like, why are you talking to this guy? He looks, he's a bit weird, right? <laughs> looks a bit weird. And Dad's lovely. Talks with everyone, like the nicest guy out. But then afterwards, he was telling me, he was like, oh, don't judge a book by its cover, James, like, because like that guy's worth a lot of money. It's like billionaire, pretty sure he, he runs sanity bras and things and a heap of other, I think it was him, I can't remember. One, he owned some of those stuff. But pretty much like the dude was like next level wealthy, like one of the wealthiest guys going around in, in Newcastle. And then I was like, damn, like, if you are at that level of thought and you have that level of success, all of a sudden the keeping up with the Joneses just goes out the window. And maybe he had an Aston Martin, maybe he had a McLaren, maybe he had that sort of stuff, but it's not like material wealth actually mattered to him. The thing that clearly mattered to him, and after I learned a little bit more about this guy, was the success and the thrill of doing what he was doing, which comes back to being present in the moment. If you're always chasing 
buying a Ferrari, getting a new Beamer, being better than the next person. That's what you focus on. You focus on those things. You don't focus on your craft. You don't focus on being a better business owner. You don't focus on improving your products. You don't focus on hiring better staff. You don't focus on improving the quality of your company, which will lead you to get those other things. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. I'm, I'm on the same page. It's just, I find it very interesting how you articulate these things from a different point of view. Like I find myself reconsidering like how I feel about these topics, which is interesting. But what I would love to know from here, James, is we mentioned earlier about like if you're that business owner who's in a rut or potentially been in that point, we treat hierarchy of health as number one, which I actually agree with in a big way. I've never gotten out of a rut by focusing on trying to achieve the thing. It's normally I've got to get better first and then we're able to tackle those business challenges as well. Apart from the hierarchy of health, let's say someone is through that. They, all right, I've, I've hired a coach. I'm starting to work on my vision of things and setting those KPIs. What do you encourage people to do next? What do they work on after that? After you've done that, you're going to be much, much better. So once you've done that consistently over an extended period of time, you have your summit mapped out, you have your plan there, you have your KPIs set up, the next thing I look at is really what are your values? What are the things like how do you want to live your life? How do you want to be congruent every single day? And it's a really, really important conversation to have with yourself and with those around you because if you don't know what your values are, you'll often, we will all often go down paths and make decisions that don't sit well with us. Like we've all done those dumb things before where we've made a decision, we've followed through with it, executed the decision. And at the end of it, we're not feeling that great. We're like, yeah, okay, I made money out of that, but I feel like a prick. Or yeah, I won that argument, but I lost the war. And you have these things where you feel like we've done the wrong thing by ourselves. We haven't quite been integral with what's important to us. We need to discover those and know exactly what they are. So for example, if your number one value in life is getting an immense amount of wealth for X, Y, Z reasons, so you can go feed kids in, in Africa and you have no value of family whatsoever in your situation, it would be wise for you to work 100 hours plus per week because working, being with your family will drain the fuck out of you because it's not one of your highest values. But on the other hand, if being with your family is something which is really, really important to you, spending family time, being a dad, being a husband, being a wife, whatever it is that you want to be, or having social time with your friends or being fit and healthy and whatnot, then work is going to have to take a little bit of a backseat because it's actually not that important to you. And understanding those values really, really clearly and intricately. Then after that, is setting in systems to maintain this over an extended period of time because it's not about getting healthy. It's not about getting abs for a day. It's not about making a million bucks for a week or a year as most business owners do, right? We get really, really amazing. We see this all the time, right? In dieting, you call it the yo-yo effect. Business has the same thing. I mean, you've coached a lot of business owners now. How many would you say have gone up and been really successful and then fucked it up and lost absolutely everything? It happens quite a lot. And so what we need to do is we need to set in place a series of habits and systems to make it so that we don't just reach the goal for a day, we get it there for the rest of our life. And when we reach it, I actually had a conversation with, uh, with one of the guys who we're, we're mentoring for business just last night. I was talking to him and he was like, yeah, I want to I bring in more leads. I want to bring in more leads. I want to make more contracts. He he's, runs a brilliant business, really, really good business in tree lopping. He's an awesome dude. And I was like, bro, you got to chill the fuck out, set up your business systems right now so that you can grow for the rest of your life because you will be a millionaire 
but it's just whether you do it on this business or on the next. You will not be a permanent millionaire doing it on this business if you do not set up your system so you can do it sustainably. And that's the big key difference is that if you can set it up for sustainability and you can maintain it, you will never ever have this problem of burnout or feeling like you're in a rut ever again, be it with your business in terms of leads, be it with your health, be it with your relationships. If you set up these KPIs, these systems, these ways of life, you will never have a problem again. That's the key. Do you believe in balance? Do you think that there is, a, for example, a, a work or business balance and then a home or social balance? Or do you think this all comes back to values? All comes back to values, right? Because I've got some guys who if I got them to be, you know, th- there is definitely a minimum that you need to do. There's definite, um, definitely a minimum you need to do in terms of exercise or health or whatnot. And there's definitely a minimum you need to do with work. There's definitely a minimum you need to do with social time. But that varies with everybody. So what we do with our guys, particularly through COVID, is we set up like social quotas. And so so one of one of our employees, Sean, fucking awesome guy, he needs social time. And so we set up social quotas for him so that he hits those quotas and he knows that if he does that, he won't get burnt out. So there is definitely balance, but balance is subjective and balance is driven by your values. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. I'm just very interested in how you feel about that. Yeah. What I found for myself is that I really noticed that if I, for example, take more than four phone calls in a day, so my phone calls normally go for about an hour when I'm doing meetings or whatever it is, but as soon as I take more than four, it's like it doesn't matter how badly I want that to be what I should be doing, the next day I'll pay for that. And I've just noticed these things that even though my values are aligned to business, if I put too much of it into a single day, it's not like I can do it ongoingly. And the fitness example, like you might love doing deadlifts, but I'm pretty sure if you try and go for a PB deadlift every day, the likelihood of you actually getting better at it or sustaining it incredibly low. Not that I would know. I'm not in that arena, but I would suggest no, you're that. totally right. <laughs> but the thing I wanted to ask you about here are your views on. As business owners, we often like will put us up, put ourselves up for challenge, like willingly. Like I myself remember myself often going, okay, well, I know the six months is going to be the next six months is going to be really difficult. I've taken on this business, new client, what whatever it is. And I almost say to myself that you need to be able to put in for these six months and then rest will come or year. Do you think that's a healthy approach? Can a business owner mentally prepare themselves and their line to basically redline it for a duration of time? Or is that just a guaranteed approach to failure? There's no guarantee. There's no guarantee of anything at all ever. But I'll put it in a different way. Would you do that? Fuck no. (laughs) No, 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 That really answers it then. No way. I would never do that. But I also, I have done that. I have done that. And it did lead to a lot of success. It led to a lot of burnout and heartache, but also at the same time, it allowed me to push up. I believe in sprints, but I don't like redlining it and really revving the engine until the end. The reason being that I don't like that is because it's actually because of the mental mentality and the identity shift that we have. Identity is a big thing. When I'm referring to identity, it's like the way that we perceive ourselves, the way that we think that we should act. When we redline it, at the start, we'll get a massive bump in productivity, right? And we'll see a massive amount of business growth or growth in any sort of area. And then it just plummets down. And the redlining approach means that we we get this initial dopamine hit and we pair up the idea of lots and lots of work with quick success, really, really rapid growth. And so what happens is with the law of diminishing returns is we get less and less and less and less out of that effort that we're putting in. 
we will say, okay, well, I just need to work harder and I just need to work harder and I just need to work harder. In terms of working harder, my view of working harder is like competing on price. It's fucking dumb because if you compete on price, there's only so much you can slash your prices and still you're losing money. If you compete on having smarts, on innovation and ingenuity, you're going to be much, much better. And that's the same way that we should do business in terms of our effort. We should, in my opinion, look to put in, and this is quite ironic considering what I said at the start about the least amount of effort, we should put in the least amount of effort with the most amount of smarts in business. And we should be looking to continually innovate and improve so that you don't have to redline. If your business is about to shit itself and it's about to go through the floor and all hell's about to break loose, hell yeah, go into survival mode and fucking have a crack. All right. You might might live, you might die, one of the two, but have a crack. Definitely it's worth it potentially at that time. But in general, you shouldn't even allow yourself to get to that place. So I guess like after reconsidering your answer, no, I don't think we should actually, I don't think there ever is really a, a time in a place where you should redline it. I don't think that we should be Bill Gates working 20 hours a day and expecting everybody else to do the same and then screaming at them if they don't. I don't think that's a healthy way. And maybe that's got something to do with why he's a bit of a prick now, right? And so if you look at, you look at things like that, I don't think it's necessary. I think we should be smarter. If you find yourself working too hard, if any of us do, then we just need to take a step back, reflect, see what we're doing wrong because the chances are we're fucking up something which is costing us a lot of time. 80-20 rule, right? Yeah, absolutely. One more question. I know it's a, an interesting topic here, but being you have this aggregate of data, have you noticed any particular morning routines or sh- uh, schedules being common in business owners specifically? So this is a big topic in the business community. I see some huge people, like their morning routines are practically work days. Right, they got like you know they get up, they do their yoga, meditation, read something, go for a run, do some weights, catch a mastermind meeting. They've done four hours of work before they actually even get to their business. Would you say is common? And then what would you say is effective? Common, like everybody does loads of different things, and common is actually nothing for a lot of business owners. They'll actually just get straight into their day, which is terrible, like absolutely the worst thing. What is effective is coming into the present. The issue that most, well, actually, sorry, step back from that. The issue, what what is most effective is fixing, using that time to fix problems you have throughout the day with yourself, within limitations and weaknesses that you have. The number one weakness within business owners is the fact that we're always looking into the future, not into the present. That is a product of who we are as a person and the way and and our circumstances and our upbringings, but also at the same time, it's a product of business. In business, there's high levels of risk. There's always the threat that your your company could go under and you will be broke the next day, and it's all on your head. Because of that, there's a higher amount of stress and anxiety, which causes us to look into the future. That's good for some time, but we need to spend more time in the present. The most effective thing you can do is to bring yourself back into the present and actually care for yourself. There's a reason why when you're flying in a plane and let's say, God forbid, the little oxygen mask come down because you're going to die anyway, right? But anyway, so the oxygen mask come down because the plane's going down or there's something wrong with the pressure systems or something like that. You put your mask on first and then apply it to your child. The reason you do that is because if you don't put yours on, you're going to die before you put it on the on the child, right? So what we need to do is we need to look after ourselves. If we go through and we're constantly focusing on our business, which is aka the child, we're putting all our focus there, we will die, then the child will die too. We need to focus on bringing us into the present, looking after our health, looking after us, spending time with our kids, doing those things that we need to do that are really important, making sure that we're in alignment with our values before we start our day. Yeah, I love that, James. And they are my questions for today. 
it's really interesting. I'm even finding myself thinking throughout this episode. Thank you for letting me take over your show. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. It was cool. Yeah, good fun. So we'll wrap this one up from here. Again, big thank you for having me on the show. I might see you on a future episode. Yeah, you will, for sure. I hope you enjoyed the video. If you got something out of it and you want to learn more, click the link below or type in High Performance Conversations with James Can, and you'll be able to check out all the podcasts that we've done. We cover a stack of different topics, everything from getting your mojo back, overcoming anxiety, self-doubt, self-esteem, and learning from some of the industries and some of the world's top performers in both business and in health. Look forward to having you on there.